On this week's episode of P2Early, the gang recaps the P2E mileage showdown and all the controversy that surrounds it. We have an interview with Sam Parsons, and we also have two interviews with our male and female winner of the P2E fan showdown. Let's get into it. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I gotta be honest, I don't I don't know. A lot of mixed emotions, a lot of different things going through my head. Usually we get on the Skype and we talk for a little bit, catch up, break down, not a whole lot of catching up today. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be an interesting episode. It's going to be uh, a lot to get into today. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing? Steve, I, I unfortunately have to agree with Mike. I kind of am still figuring out how I am feeling right now. I know we've got a lot to talk about today, but just to paint a picture. So, I mean, I woke up in kind of a stupor, as I'm sure we all did. Right? We've been pretty out of it for the last few days. Um, I go to get my coffee. I, I see some crazy things on you know, social media and in my text messages. But I actually had probably the busiest day of work I've had in weeks. So I had to just, I haven't responded to any text. Anyone that kind of reached out to me regarding, you know, the big week, I've just ignored um, any of like the analysis that I had to figure out what I was doing. I had to just compartmentalize and put it aside until about 20 minutes ago. I sat down and was like, oh shit, I'm about to go to war right now. Here we go. Let's go. All right. So we're going to break down this week because this was a big week and we had a lot of people following along. It was a lot of fun. We were able to bring some competition to the world, some sports to the world where there are no sports. So I think that's pretty cool. But I think we need to go. I think we need to start at the end to really get into it. And what happened last night, boys, was a masterpiece. It was it was a plan that came together just so perfectly, very rarely in life does that happen and coming into the last day of this mileage challenge this three heavyweights facing off i knew my only my only way to win or my only way to have a shot at winning was to play some mind games and get a little crafty out there what do you guys think i'm not sure how you have a smile on your face right now how can you if if we decide that this is a legitimate victory for you and that's a if, if you ask me at this point. I think there's a lot of discussion. I'm not saying you didn't win. I'm just saying we, need, we needed to talk a little bit more. But to have a smile on your face like that, I mean, you should not I'm be beaming. proud of yourself, Steve. That was that was, a, uh, that was deceitful. That was that was rough. I don't know, man. I would not be smiling. Can, you should not be proud of that victory. So so let me, let me break something down here first because obviously there's a lot to get into here. But I just want to paint a picture here because, Steve, you just portrayed this as – some Bill Belichickian, you know, Mozart work of art masterpiece going on here. And I just want to I just want to throw something out there right there. Get ahead of this narrative. OK, yesterday we go into the day and me and Trent are about 10 miles ahead of Steve. We're going to the last day and everybody, including us, are anticipating this just absolute brutal brawl 
all to the finish. The entire week had been leading up to it. Well, early in the morning, we get a message from Steve. This post on Strava withdrawing from the com- from the competition. And what I want to say is, when you withdrew from the competition, you had no idea what my situation was. I had not announced to the world yet that I was hurting and that I was planning on leaving the conversation or the competition. Now, the night before, I was a little scared. And, you know, around 6.37 in the morning, it was pretty clear to me and my wife that this competition was coming to a very fast end. But to you and the rest of the world had no idea. So to think that when you dropped out of the competition, it was anything but you dropping out of the competition is absolutely absurd. Because me and Trent had just spent the last three days posting 25 to 30 mile days. That in your head is what was coming again. So I refuse to believe that when you dropped out of the competition originally, it was some masterful plan. It was you dropping out of the competition. And then as the day went on, and as I withdrew from the competition, because I literally couldn't run, which is something that you claimed originally that, oh, your knee was bothering you and you couldn't run. Apparently, when you dropped out of the competition, which, again, wasn't a masterful plan, it was, I don't know, just being a coward, I guess. And then when everything came through, then all of a sudden you took advantage of an opportunity that was placed in front of you. And that's what happened. That's the truth. That is the truth of the matter. I just got out of the, ahead of the narrative. Now we can decide what we do with it. So, okay, I'm going to stop everyone there. I'm just going to say that's wrong, and I have witnesses. Okay, that is that what you just said is wrong. So what's the truth? Correct me then. What's the so, truth? So, so, so now that we now that we talked about the end, I say we go back to the beginning. No, 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 no. Comp- okay, I, I fine, fine. You want to get into this? Let's get into this. I want to know, tr- know what the truth is. Listen, I want to know what the truth is. Okay. The Friday into Saturday, I was broken multiple times. I, at the pace that you two were going at, I could not keep up at that pace. Um, and I'm trying to think who's the, um, and we'll get into the, the leaders and the winners of the, of the peak too early club. Um, you know, the, 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 the general kind of club that we did with all of our, with all the listeners, um, the high schooler that dropped out because he was injured. He was, he stopped at 104. And Eric, whoever Eric he, he was going, yeah. be, Eric, yeah, Eric, he was, Eric Mack, and he was going back and forth with um, was it Chris? Chris, Chris McIsaac. Chris. Chris. Yeah, and so and so he sent a screenshot when when Eric dropped out. He sent a screenshot to the Peak Too Early Club and he's to the to the Instagram, and I saw it, saying just kind of explaining how how Eric had dropped out, and he and Chris just said, I can't tell if this kid's being savvy or not, meaning like is he playing me? And that's what gave me the idea. And to be honest, guys, when I created this idea, it was not an idea to win. It was just an idea to not take the SATs, okay? So what I had to do was I just had to convince one of you to stop. I had to convince one of you to stop and and just accept that they, you were going to lose, okay, and, and be happy with not taking the SATs, okay? And so I knew that if I dropped out and I could get one of you guys to drop out, at eight o'clock, I could go out and I could take second place. Now it worked out very, very perfectly. Well, I won't even say perfectly because going into that night, I didn't know if I had a chance to win. I knew I had a chance to catch Mike. I didn't know if I had a chance to catch Trent. Okay. And so when Mike called me, Mike called me, I said, yes, this is working out perfectly because There's I know no way 
say that you were planning on us dropping out. We had shown no witness, indication. I have witnesses. They can we tell had you. Shown, we had shown no indication whatsoever Mike, that we were willing to drop out. I mean, Mike, it it worked out perfectly. Okay, yeah, I think, I, I think it's, it's 2020, though. I think it's believable that hindsight. What do you mean hindsight? I I I I could show I could bring on witnesses right now to tell you my plan. Trust me, I'm not gonna believe with Steve much this episode, but I think that's believable, right? As long as like you said, coming in last is a lot different than coming in second in this competition. If you know, you know, and I I was right at the cusp of being 200 to run like today. Man, my Achilles feels like uh, like popcorn in there. It's crazy. But uh, if if I had been convinced that I was not going to come in last and, and my injuries had, you know, escalated just a tad bit, I could see myself saying, OK, at least I'm safe in second. You know, I'll let I'll let Mike take it or whatever. Um, and then we'll call it at that. So I believe, Steve, that he, you know, thought maybe one it could get one of us to drop out. All right. All right. All right. Hold up for one second. So the, the true the, the listeners out there that have been following us for a while and people that follow the, the Instagram and the Strava page all week know exactly what we're talking about. But for those of you that don't know or maybe a little confused and follow the Instagram, maybe you're just a listener or weren't on the Strava, here's the deal. Last week, we decided to do a mileage challenge this week. The three of us figured we, we would do as many miles as we possibly could between Monday and Sunday. We came up with requirements where we had to post every morning run by noon every afternoon run by 8 p.m., and every night run by midnight. We had no idea what the other was going to do until we saw it post on the Strava. Everything had to be Strava recorded on that. And then we just kind of dropped the gloves and went at it. So I don't think any of us knew what to expect, but, I mean, it was it was a hell of a week. So that's what we're talking about here. So shout-out to everybody new that's coming on and people a little, you know, confused about it. Um, that's what we're bringing down. So, so let's get back into it. Now, having said that, there's a big difference between Steve saying, guys, I can't run. Man, this sucks. Can't believe that my knee is just doing this. You know, this is this is not how I wanted to end this. But the words were, what was it? Like I, I right here, I'm going, nope, that was Mike. It's time, it's come time for me to bow out of this competition, which to me is a finite ending right there. And and it wasn't just done in one location, Trent. It was done in three different locations. One on Strava, we had a long post saying, I am bowing out of the competition. We had a live press conference on Instagram where multiple times we confirmed that we were dropping out of the conversation. And then behind the scenes, I had a phone (laughs) call with Steve because I was, I mean, when I tell you guys that I was literally devastated, I had a bad day yesterday because I felt great all week. I felt so strong. And halfway through Saturday... I was like, there's no way that I lose this competition the way I feel right now. Obviously, Saturday night, things went south for me. And I, like I said on Instagram, I tried four times to run. And it wasn't like a matter of like, man, I'm in so much pain. It was a matter of like, I can't finish a mile. And if you can't finish a mile, you can't win this competition. You can't compete in this competition. So Steve called me. And this gets into even more logistical <laughs> crap. Yeah, see, Mike, Mike, hold see, on, hold I, on. Part of me, okay, because this, this, this is, I was gonna come to this because this proves that this was premeditated. And and I believe that at this point it was part of your plan. What I don't believe, and we can get back into this, I, you know, I'll leave that in the dust. At this point, I believe that was part of your plan. But Steve calls me and he's like, Mike, I'm on to you. I know that you're full of crap. Like, I know what you're doing. Just tell me that that's what you're doing. Like you're. You're just playing Trent right now. And like I was so 
upset about having to drop out of this competition because you guys know how much time and energy it took out of our lives. Like we had to put everything into this. I was very upset I had to drop out. So when Steve was trying to say like, hey, dude, you're faking it, basically, I was like, Steve, I am not faking it. Like, and he's like, no, no, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And then so I said to Steve, I was like, listen, Steve, if you want to come back into this competition now that I'm dropping out, I was like, it is what it is. You can do that. And I was like, and I'll, and I'll keep attempting to run. But I said to him, I was like, but I'm telling you right now, I can't do it. So if you come back into this competition, you're going to beat me. So just tell me right now if you're coming to this competition. And he's like, kind of some around for a bit. And I was like, Steve, are you going to come back in this competition? He said, no, I am done. So that's three different locations. Now, one to my face, <laughs> once on Strava, and one to the Instagram world that he has said definitively that he's out of this competition. So, Mike, when you called me, I was like giddy, right, that the plan was working together, the plan was coming together. And then I realized in talking to to my coach and talking to kind of my uh, co-conspirators here, I it came across my mind that maybe you were doing the same thing. Well, right? I'm not a scumbag, so, so I was not doing the same thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. All's fair in love and war, Mike. And so, and so it, it crossed my mind that maybe you had a similar idea. And so we had a family, we had a family, <laughs> this is the craziest, this is even crazier part of the story that nobody knows about. We had a family Mother's Day call scheduled for seven o'clock. They tried to make it 7.30 and I pushed it to seven because I knew I needed to be they, on the road see, I was, at eight o'clock. And so, and so, <laughs> and I'm, so I, I, I was going to get to that part. And so I was talking with, I was talking with my brother, Chris, and I said, do you think Mike's, Mike's trying to do the same thing I am? And Chris was like, I don't know, maybe. And so I thought, I said, okay, if he's doing this, it's about six o'clock at this time. I said, if he's doing this, I need to get on the road right now. And I need to get in, I need to get in as many miles as I can before this call. And so I just picked up the phone around like, I think it was like 545, six o'clock, somewhere around there. And I called Mike. I was like, Mike, just tell me right now. And I used the, I used this excuse. I said, Mike, if you're doing this, it's going to be hilarious. And I want to start building content for the Instagram around this. Just let me know. And he was just like, Steve, I'm not doing it. I promise. I promise. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to show my hand. I'm not going to get out before this call. I'm going to save it till 8 o'clock. And we got on the call. And it went to the point where I had a bottle of, of Miller Lite. I filled it up with water. And I pretended like I was drinking during the entire call. That's the extent that I went to to play this out. So here's the part then, that I am. And then the call was running long. And I pretended like we froze. And I, <laughs> I closed my computer at 8 o'clock. I threw on my running shoes. And I got out the door. So he, here's the part that makes me so upset. is Because I, I was kind of distracted. And I started drinking early. Because, I was, I, like I said, literally upset about this whole thing going down. And I wasn't really paying attention to the family group. Later on, like minutes before the call started... I saw that Steve had said, hey, can we do it at 7? So I, I was scrambling because it's Mother's Day to get on. And I didn't have enough time for it to occur to me what he was doing. Now, again, 2020 in retrospect, I wish to God I had realized that clue there. And I could have put it a word with Trent because the funniest, the, the even funnier <laughs> storyline of this entire thing is if Steve went out there and did his whole thing from 8 to midnight and we clued Trenton to do one mile. 
and he dropped it at midnight just to beat you would have been I mean did it Trent did it occur to you at all to like do like a safety mile ever just like hey I went out for like a little like nature walk with my family for Mother's Day you know I probably did like two or three miles just like walking around and you know I was definitely falling apart but I was thinking I'm going to need to be up all night or whatever. I may need to like bail on this like family Mother's Day celebration. But once I committed to that, I knew, you know, it was over because I, I couldn't can't hike for like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. And it wasn't even a real hike. It was a walk. And I was like, you know, straggling way in the back because it was so hard to move. Um, but once I committed to that, then no, I was over. I had had the pizza out, had the movies, had the had the beer. You know, it was just it was bedtime after that. So so here's here's the part that like really pisses me off, Steve, and really <laughs> drives me nuts, right? Is because so like I said, I knew pretty early on that my chances of being able to run yesterday were slim. But I was gonna try multiple times. So I tried it like six thirty or seven in the morning, I tried at nine, I tried at eleven, and I tried at noon, and it was like the noon one. Cause I knew at that time Trent would be posting his first run. And I would know by then if I was going to be able to get any miles in. So my noon one, I got like quarter mile in, like walk jogging every, you know, five seconds. I open the phone. I see Trent's, you know, 12 miles or whatever. So I knew that it was just over and I could never make up that mileage. So I had all these thoughts going through my head. I was like, all right, well, here's what I could do. I could just let this roll out until like right before eight and then announce it at eight so that Trent doesn't have to do any like crazy miles from eight to, to midnight. Thank you. Mike. But then I thought, but then I thought about how much pain I was in right now and knowing that you had already dropped out and that I couldn't run any more miles. I was like, how big of a jerk move would it be if I make Trent run like another 15 mile run today, potentially damaging his body for the next like year and I would have to live with that. So that's when I decided, before I even called you, Steve, I called Trent and I was like, hey, dude, just so you know, I'm making the announcement soon. But if I were you, just shut it down because I'm not going to run any more miles. Steve is done. You win. Don't hurt yourself anymore. I called him to say, stop running because you've already won and I don't want you to hurt yourself. Yeah, it so was. That's the piece that I didn't count on. That's the piece. That's the piece that opened the door, okay? And that's the piece when when I, you know, s- sat down with my co-conspirators and we talked this out. That's when it became a legitimate possibility to take home the victory. So on that, though, this is what actually pisses me off is, Steve, I ran more miles than you. No doubt about it in my now, head. You want to get into now, that? You want yes, to get into we're going to get into I it right get now. Into that. Let's get I, into that. I sent you guys an email about five minutes ago with my official appeals case. Now, yesterday, I was on Strava. I went for my run at, you know, about 10 miles in or so. I looked down at my app and it says Strava has encountered an error. It is now like resumed tracking your run or whatever. Turns out it was tracking my time, but it just drew a, a straight line from the last GPS tracking point it had to where it began tracking me again. You can see on the map, which I sent you in my official appeals case prepared by my lawyer, it goes directly across main roads, like diagonal across like routes with barriers that there's no way you could go across. And it measures that about a mile. I then went on, mapped my run to show and see what it was really. And it was 1.41 miles. I'm sorry, 2.4 miles for about a 1.4 mile difference. And if you look at my paces, I have these two random miles that jump up 
from doing all high sevens, low eights to about 12 and 13, it makes no sense. But if you add in an extra mile and a half, all of a sudden, my 11 mile run at, you know, 840 pace turns into 12 and a half at, you know, sub eight pace. And so I was going to appeal that. And Steve, you said you would be an impartial juror to this or whatever. And so then I called Mike and I started explaining to it. Mike said, don't worry, I believe you, but it doesn't matter. And so at that point, you know, Steve oh. has said he's an impartial you know, saying he was out. Mike declined. So he, he agreed with me. He was accepting it. So Mike was the one to accept it as really the only impartial person. So he accepts my appeal. So I actually ran more miles. Than no, 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 no. See here. And, 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 and here's, here's the biggest problem I have with that. So we just did 120 miles each, right? I never once checked to see if there was an error with any of my Strava. And I guarantee that all of us had errors in our Strava. And the other thing is if if you look at my miles, hold on, hold on. If you look at my miles, I am significantly average pace faster than both of you, significantly, because I knew, I knew that uploading it to Strava, there was a very good chance that there could be some sort of error, some sort of change when you upload it to Strava. And I was so unbelievably scared. Every single time I go for a run, I was scared of uploading it to Strava and seeing 831, 832. So I made sure to keep my pace down for when, I guarantee you, I guarantee you it happened to all of us on multiple occasions out there. But there's a difference between Strava not picking up your actual pace and Strava actually showing you error has occurred. And then it seemed like you guys were going to, you know, respect. I mean, if you don't respect the Aussie system, then, then I, I don't know what to tell you. But like but, errors could have occurred in any GPS. But it's different when it's like a flashing error on your screen. That That's my feeling there. So I know, I mean, I'm sure all of it probably aimed out to wash besides this section. This was a major section of my run that just disappeared on me. I mean, and if, I and back, if there was, if, I if came, there was an error. If I ever came back from a run and I saw that it was showing an 845 pace, I'm going back out there and I'm trying to drop like a 545 mile to get that pace down. So, so, so my run was that. My run was at like 8.59. I sprinted home for two miles. It's not going to look like a sprint because I was dead, but I sprinted home. There was no way I could do it. So my Strava really, really hurt me there. But, you know, as as fair competitors, I would think you would, of course, dip your hat and say, Trent, and, I had it all wrong. You would actually won. And, and if this happened on day two and Trent brought this to our attention, Steve, you know in your heart that you would be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. They even had like a so, notepad with so math Mike, done out in all this stuff like – I'm I'm letting I I let the time slide. Okay, so like the time was like okay, we understand that with, there was an error. We'll let the time slide, but there's no way you can give them the miles because that could have happened to any of us. We agreed to let the time slide, but I'm not giving you the miles for that. I don't think it could have happened to any of us. I think that was a very or it could have happened to no, any of us. But I think I we would we would we would have said yes to you. Every single run I did last week, I guarantee you, I find errors. Okay, if you can find one that was like a significant chunk like that, then I would give you the extra miles Trent, there. Trent, you get the benefit of of the t of letting the time slide. You get the benefit of letting the time slide. You're not getting the miles on this one. I don't need the miles for the competition. I just want the people to know that the people's champ, as I've been called by many a listener, actually did run the most miles. There's no doubt. That's fine. And I and I that's the first thing I said when I when I when I cro when I crossed the finish line last night, I got on my phone. I recorded a video saying, hey, listen, I know that there's going to be controversy, controversy, and I know a lot of you aren't going to award this to me, but hey, I'm embracing the controversy. I love it. I live in it. I, 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 did, this, I did this for the controversy, Trent.
listen, listen, there's many levels to this controversy too, right? There's this, the, the two storylines that we've talked about. There's many storylines. In fact, I plan on also writing a, a report to the appeals court as well. I think there'll be multiple. So I don't, I don't know exactly what the verdict would be, and I don't even know how we decide what the verdict is at this point. I feel like we need to have some kind of court of law because there's many levels to what's going on here. And Steve is saying he's the winner popping champagne. Trent's saying he's the winner popping champagne. Trent doesn't have access to the Instagram account, so he can't take it over like Steve does, putting all kinds of final standings up. So, you know, there, there's, I to me right now, I don't even know who the clear winner is. And it, you know what? At the end of the day, the the standings that Steve has has me finishing in last, which pisses me off and puts me in the SAT. Like at this point, I don't even care about that because I wanted to win and I was going out there to win and I was devastating that I didn't win. So it's like second, third, fifth, tenth, SATs, ACTs, whatever. The, who cares? But I care about the integrity and the you know the honor of this sport and this competition that we have created. And I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know where we're at. So we can come back to that. And I'm sure that this will be that will be a conversation for many, many weeks to come. And I want to get into this. And and both of you two, both of you have have huge accomplishments during this week and and runs that that impressed the hell out of me. But before before we move on to the rest of the week and we start talking about the rest of the week, can we at least can we at least appreciate the effort I put forth last night from eight to midnight. So I, y- yes, I absolutely can. It was a, a very valiant effort and it took guts and toughness. My only issue with it, Steve, is that should have been a eight to midnight showdown against somebody. Like if you had that in you, then, then go against somebody like, like, push somebody make it a competition don't do it in like the darkness of your own circle like see if trent has what you had in I'm him i'm not like, give, i'm not too proud to admit i'm not too proud to admit that to i would have lost that's why i did it i was going to lose i had to play mind games i had to i had to put together some mental warfare to have a shot okay and and listen my knee was in excruciating pain for three days and so he, he here's the story of last night so i finish up I finish up, I load, I, I come in front of my house around around 11.45. I load up all my runs really quickly to see if I'm ahead of Trent. I am ahead of Trent, but I realize that I still 15 minutes, and there's still a chance that he sees what's going on, and he puts his shoes on. And so I run up and down the block really quick, get about a quarter mile. I load it to Strava, get that quarter mile in there again. There's still five minutes left, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to do it again. I turn to go run down the street. My knee pops. I fall to the ground. I have to call Chris to come outside. There's 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 six steps outside of my house, six small steps. I had to call Chris to come outside and carry me up the six steps. So last night I wasn't I wasn't in good shape. Like if I had to go toe to toe with either one of you yesterday, I would have lost. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the props to that um, performance. And like Mike said, you can argue, and I think Mike was right. I mean, it would have been this crazy finish um, that that we now. I mean, regardless of the injuries or whatever, I almost wish this was a six-day competition. Now maybe we would have pushed ourselves a little bit, you know, further in those six days. Um, but it would have been great to have, you know, a head-to-head at the end where people were checking in as we go. But yeah, I was 
man, I was so fast asleep when you were uploading that. I like that was the best I slept all week. I was just dreaming about not running on Monday. Like the I mean, we all said it, but never looked so much forward to Monday. I mean, it was it was just the best feeling to wake up today. And then I checked my phone and things went away. But when I woke up, it was like, I don't have to run today. It was the best. Can I be uh, so I do want to get into this week because there's so much we have to talk about. Can I just get a little bit of what your reaction was when you woke up and saw your phone this morning? So, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm one of those people, I keep my phone. I think I mentioned on quarantine, I don't even charge my phone at night now. It's in another room or whatever. So, you know, I wake up, um, I'm talking to my girlfriend a little bit. I get up, I'm kind of just, you know, putting some clothes on. I go just drink some coffee or whatever. And before I even saw anything, I saw something from work that was like, all right, we're going to have like a conference call or whatever. And it's about 8.45 and like half hour, or whatever that I had to prepare for. So I'm quickly scrambling to work mode. Then I see the the stuff from you and I'm like, just like defeated, but not, but not <laughs> from like, I felt like I didn't win. Cause then I was like starting to go through, you know, my appeals process, but defeated that you just, you robbed, you know, the beauty of this competition and had to win. It's just sly way or had to, had maybe went in such a sly way when it was like this beautiful thing that we all shared. We all went to like literally push ourselves to the edge of our human possibilities. So to rob that kind of shared, you know, bonding we had to, to take it like that, I felt robbed of, of a, you know, the beauty of the competition. But I really seriously had to push it away and just like focus on which is the hardest stuff I've ever been. Like I'm on social media all week, just checking Strava, checking the peak too early story, just trying to like, you know figure out what the hell's going on and I had to ignore it all day it was a very tough day for me so I <laughs> to, be, to be completely honest with you I was awake last night when it was all happening and Steve no! and Chris were calling me <laughs> and I was seeing all of the mentions on Instagram oh, no. but I was so furious at what was <laughs> happening that I did not have it in me to pick up a phone to comment on anything so I just pretended like I was asleep and I was up for another, like, hour after that just fuming because, like you said, Trent, like, I – to me, it was like a – I feel like an old baseball geezer, but it was like an integrity of the game type thing. Yeah. Like, I felt like we the had – The spirit like, of the sport. Like, there was, like, obviously gamesmanship, right? Like, Trent was doing all kinds of crazy stuff, like late-night runs that were, like – felt like they were part of the game, and then this whole thing felt like – it changed the direction of it, it felt like it, it was not in the spirit of the competition and it was just like i i was upset i was i was not happy so salazar yeah, I was got banned salazar got banned for violating the spirit of the sport that's right that's right <laughs> so yeah i was awake and i i chose not to acknowledge the uh the phone calls that's amazing <laughs> I mean, you know uh you sound you sound like uh let's see let's see um what's the uh you sound like Harbaugh after the Patriots beat the Ravens in the in no, the no, playoffs no. in 2015 you like oh you can't you can't that you, that's I know it's a rule but you can't do that oh see, I knew you were gonna try and make some Patriots comparison and compare yourself to 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 Belichick or something like that or compare us to the opponents but it's just it's not comparable to that because everything that I believe the Patriots did was in the spirit I of think the game. Titans should wear pennies so, next year. So here, here's here's what happened last night, Trent. 
here's what happened. It was a UFC matchup, right? And Steve tapped out, signaling that the match was over. Everyone got up. The ref started separating people. And then Steve, well, you were out, like, you know, pumping up the crowd, came from behind and started beating the shit out of you into submission (laughs) and then tried to claim victory. I mean, that's what happened. That is, that's the only comparison. I was trying to think of all day, like, what is this like? And that's what it's like. He said, I am out. I'm tapping out. It's over. And then when you had, you know, you could have just kept pounding on him, right? If he decided not to tap, you could have stayed there all day and kept pounding. But you laid off like the good competitor you are and said, hey, the fight's over. I won. And then he came up from behind you and choked the shit out of you. Perfect comparison. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, guys, the the rules were this goes until midnight, okay? Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Mike, you and I were playing UFC. Steve was over here playing WWF or whatever. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was I'm living playing some chess. You guys type. are playing checkers. No, That's no, you're exactly. playing, you're playing wrestling. Me and Mike are fighting. All right, it's just, uh, man. Listen, I'm just out here for the people. I'm just trying to make content. Last night was very entertaining. Okay, that was awesome. Okay? Wildly and, entertaining. And so, it's, and I hope people can tell by our emotions that this was not stage. It was not stage. This is true you know animosity going on here this is not uh you know again to bring you back to pro wrestling this is no wwe we didn't have a script that we went into this week saying yeah we're gonna run 126 miles and have end like this this is not we're gonna gonna get into it but the script would have been like we're each gonna run like 60 miles and i i can't wait i think we need to like move on from this and and maybe come to clues later and talk about the week but i have so many thoughts about like strategy and and how we were feeling but the script was certainly not for us to run that many miles because I would have said, I'm not doing a make-believe thing. we got to make this actually realistic because there's no way I would have believed we would have done this many miles. There was too many miles. So what were you guys, at the beginning of the week, what did you guys think was going to win this? What, what so, How many miles? So my, I think I texted somebody saying that everyone was going to be, or the winner was going to be between 90 and 105 miles. That's what I was expecting. So my plan my strategy going into this was, okay, for the first four days, I'm going to run 15 miles every day. And the way I'm going to do that is I was going to double. I was going to do like seven and eight or, you know, whatever. I was going to try and do as close to seven and eight for four days straight. Now, with my work and everything, things got screwed up and it didn't go quite according to plan. But my thought process was, is if for the first four days, I can at least get 15 then things will get weird into the weekend and I'll set myself up to be there for the final home stretch. And that's kind of what happened, but things got carried away a little bit too early, I think. Yeah, things got very carried away. So I, 90 to 105, I would have said would have clearly won it because I would have figured one of us would have just been like, I can't do it. Like my body's, you know, not going to cooperate and they drop, you know, they drop way behind. And then the other two would kind of fight it out, but it would, you know, the, the crap we were doing it might fight on get up to like 70 or 80 so i mean before steve hijacked the story last night i <laughs> think the story was my strategy and then like if i could come back from it and to give the people like some we, insights we would, so, have, we would have spent 30 minutes talking about your strategy yeah so day one <laughs> i ran like four and a half day two i ran so like six and a half a spoil sorry <laughs> so what happened there was i i truly thought like 70 to 80 was gonna win it and I figured seven days of hell, 
or five days of hell, either way, I'm going to push my body to its furthest. Like if I'm doing, you know, 15 miles a day versus like 12 to 14 versus where my body was at, it was going to hurt, you know, the same. Basically, it, was, it wasn't going to hurt anymore to do a little bit more. So I figured I'd take the first two days off knowing if I was able to do 15 to 20 miles a day for those last five days, I would still easily be able to win the competition and I'd be coming in super fresh. However, you guys out of the box, you know, out of the Steve, you had like a 12 or 13 mile run that was, I don't remember exactly the pace, but way faster than I thought it was going to be on Monday. And then Mike was doing a big double or whatever. And I was kind of shook a little bit, you know, it kind of made me question my strategy because I was expecting, man, I just need four or five hard days. It'll hurt like hell, but I can do it and I'll easily win with 80 to 90. And then all of a sudden you guys are on pace to run, you know, 105 to, to 110 or whatever. And I had to quickly change my strategy. So Trent, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I thought 80 to 90 was going to win this easily. But I mean, I also knew that I needed to get out hard because I thought both of you could close better than I could. So I needed to get out. I needed to, I needed to, I needed to run from the lead and stay there. And you ran 11 miles for the first two days, which is insane. Like we were making fun of you and credit to you. The past five days have been the most heroic comeback I've seen in any sports. It's actually made me think, and I want you to take this as a compliment, Trent. It makes me think that because what you did over the past five days, you didn't even come close to what you should have accomplished in this sport if you have the ability to do that. Are you saying I should take up ultimate? No. What what I'm saying is, is you have some type of genetic ability to run and just – like, listen, Mike and I, we're grinders. We're able to fight through pain. You have the ability to just, like, not feel pain and keep going. It was no. it was incredible. No, no, but no. There no. Was... I felt a whole <laughs> lot of pain. This was a painful week. So, I, I honestly think that my strategy might have been a good strategy because I don't know if I felt that much. I mean, I'm not saying like, – I can't say how much pain you guys are hurting because, like, I couldn't move my knees and stuff. But there were points where, like, my legs were locking up and I really, like, had – standing or whatever like i'd be walking and i'd be like a little shaky to get going on my runs i live like power walk for you know all the way down my block and then break into like a slow strap would get me at like a 10 minute pace or whatever and then by like a half mile and get down a nine minute pace and then by the end i can get down like i needed time to get my legs going but i wonder if like my strategy of doing another five to ten miles per day than you guys were doing was actually not the worst strategy like could I beat my body up any more than, than I already was, you know, if I, or would I be able to save any more if I cut it back? So I, I wonder, you know, and I did like Steve, you know, you had the heroic comeback at the end there, but like I, my body did last, you know, a day longer or maybe a day and a half longer than you get. I maybe had less days of hell on it. So, so I, Trent, I know, I know this sounds like counterintuitive, but like, I really, I, like, I know I had to drop out on the last day, right? And I know it was my Achilles. But, like, there, there's a difference between, like, your body being, like, beat to hell and, like, everything hurts and, like, just completely worn out and and an injury that does not allow you to run. And, and, I, and I understand that it was the 114 miles that put that injury on my body. But I am telling you right now, if that if my Achilles was anything less than, like, you know inability to run i i truly felt like i was set up to have another 25 to 30 mile day on sunday like my body 
my quads, my hamstrings, my hips, like, felt strong. And when I was on runs, it was like I felt strong. And then it it, it was on Saturday, Saturday night, it went it, – it was almost a, a matter of 10 minutes that changed everything, right? It wasn't like I was – like, obviously, I wasn't having fun doing this challenge – but in, in the back of my head, I was so confident that I was going to win. I already had, like, my victory speech ready to go because I knew how bad you guys were hurting. And I was like, I'm I'm having a hard time, but I really don't think I'm hurting as bad as these guys. Like, I really think I'm doing better. And then in a matter of 10 minutes on Saturday night, it all changed. So it's like, trying to, I, like it's hard to say your strategy wasn't correct because, obviously, it panned out and you were the one who, you know, was still around on Sunday. But, like, I felt like you went a little dramatic on the short side, right? Like, you could have done, like, 8 to 10 miles, and that would have still been, like, keeping it easy compared to us, but keeping you, like, you wouldn't have to have, have to had as big of a surge, right? You, yeah, I'm not sense? saying I perfectly executed the strategy. I think if I went back, I would do it a little <laughs> bit different. But I do think there was something to be said with, like, trying to stay a little fresher later in the game. Yeah. So so the the first and last time I felt good was the first run of this competition on Monday. So I did a 12-mile run to kick off on Monday morning. That was, I felt good on that run. That was the last time I felt good. I felt like absolute dog shit for every step of this challenge. And there was three moments that broke me that led to, that led to me resorting to dirty tactics on Sunday. On Wednesday, Mike, I thought Mike was taking an off day. Before, that was, that was the day that accelerated this, and it's like, oh, buckle up like we're we're in this for the long haul so trent had finally said okay i gotta stop messing around i gotta start putting in miles and i i forget exactly where i was at but you got within like you got within like within 15 so somewhere 10 to 15 of me and i was i had like an eight mile lead on mike and i thought for sure mike was either going to take the day off or he was going to post a small run at night and then out of nowhere right before eight o'clock Mike post a 16 miler. That was devastating. So that was the first moment that broke me. The second time was Friday night. I put a decent run in the morning, and I think we were all we were all on Friday going into Friday. We were all like right around 70s, like high 70s. I put in a decent run in the morning. I think it was like eight to nine. That hurt like hell. I went out that night. It was rainy. It was dark. It was cold. My legs felt like shit. I put in another eight miles. That every step of that way was excruciating pain and I got to 80 and I thought I was going to have like an eight mile lead on the field and I came in and Mike had 90 miles like that was the point (laughs) where I I literally collapsed I collapsed because I came in I was bragging to Chris I was like Chris I just took the lead like I got this thing I can grind this out for two more days he goes he goes don't look at Strava I was like what he's like just don't don't look at Strava and and I looked, Mike had 90. I literally, like, I almost cried. I, I, I need to butt in. I need to butt in. I had the, literally the exact same experience. I got back from a run with my girlfriend, and, you know, I had a big day again. I'm not talking to take the lead or whatever, but I was, like, thinking I was right there. And I had literally, like, Thursday was an awful day for me. It was so hot. And if you guys had the little heat wave Thursday, I was, like, overheating. I almost, like, I had to cut my only run short. But Friday, I was, like, feeling like I'm giving my all. I can get myself in this. Maybe my strategy didn't screw me. And then I came back, felt good for half a second. Saw our Mike posted whatever, like, three runs all at once. And same same feeling. Like, tears didn't come out, but but my insides 
were crying. So just to give you guys and a little insight into time. like, well, hold on, just to give you a little insight oh, to what happened there, because so Wednesday, the 16 mile day that Steve was talking about, I had this whole plan. I was going to stick to my double plan. I was going to do seven in the morning, eight in the afternoon. Something happened with work and I ended up getting called into something that I was, you know, from like six in the morning to like five at night was just occupied working on something. And the entire time I was preoccupied, distracted, being like, how am I possibly going to get my runs in? So I was like defeated, right? Wednesday I was defeated. And then, and I also wanted to get my runs in a little bit earlier because it was supposed to pour rain like all night. And so I was like, I I thought it was over. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get my miles in today. So I'm driving home and I, I was going to run at lunchtime. So I had like my stuff in my, my trunk and I'm driving home and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. So I, I stopped at in my old town where I used to live. I was like, I'm just going to see, I'm going to see what I can do here. And I just felt amazing. And it was like this badass run. It was pouring rain the entire time. And I ended up getting 16 in. And it was at that moment that I was just like something snapped in my brain. And I just went into like crazy focus mode. And that's what inspired the 26 mile day the next day. I was like, I am so confident and feel like such a badass right now that I am just going to put the pedal to the metal. And my hope was that Thursday when I put that 26 miles down was I would because Trent was kind of like creeping up to Steve I was hoping I would put so much defeat into you guys that you would feel like it was a battle for not taking the SATs and less of a battle for like going for the win. You know what I mean? Like, all right, let me just see if I can compete with Trent. And I was trying to put like an insurmountable lead on you guys. And then I was going to come right back at it. I hit 24 the next day. But then that's when Trent devastated me with that 35 mile day. I knew he was going to run that night. But I literally waited up that night and I could not sleep because I knew he was going to run. And at three in the morning, I checked my phone. And when I saw that you had done nine miles to tie me going into in, into the weekend, I it, I mean, it like I was I was well, pretty so, heartbroken yeah. that night. Let me, so let me get into the last one. So then that Friday night happens. And then so I wake up Saturday morning and my right now my knee is in excruciating pain. Like it is very, very painful. I go out. For a Saturday run, I said this run could be anywhere between 2 and 10 miles. I have no idea. I end up putting together close to a 15-mile run, right? And so I post it, and I said, okay. Like, I got a shot. I was like, I'm probably not going to win this thing, but it's a race for second. And that night, Mike had 114. Trent had 106. I had 99. And I'm sitting on the couch, and I said, I'll put on my shoes. Say, I'm going to get out for a run. I go for one mile. Tons of pain. Come back. I'm at 100. Chris says, my brother says, hey, put your shoes back on. You got to get close to Trent. Get your ass back out there. I go out there. I got, I just absolutely got out two and a half miles. Come back. And I said, okay, I'm within a couple miles. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough day tomorrow, but this is a race for second. And then out of nowhere, Trent takes the lead with 115. And I said, fuck it. I got to play dirty. I got to come up with a plan to, (laughs) I got to come up with a plan to not take the friggin' SATs. Yeah, I had, I had, that's what led to me playing dirty. I had done the, like the first day I did my triple, right? Cause my plan was all along, take two days easy and then I'll just do whatever I need to catch up. So first day I did like 20 or whatever. And then each day I realized I had to do more and more because I just, you guys were just being complete lunatics and running so many miles. And so I had to do more and more. And then that day it went from like, all right, maybe I can hit like 24 today. to like, maybe I can hit 30. And then all of a sudden I'm like, 
I remember going to bed. You know, I went to bed at like eight o'clock and set the alarm for like ten thirty or whatever. That's Woke like up. A- that's like, yeah that's like that's what i was doing for those night runs like i was just going to bed like as soon as i can post dinner like i would barely sleep get a nap in set the alarm wake up try to do a little like active stretch or whatever to get my knees loosened up do my little power walk out the door and then get rolling and start to run and then that night i just remember like you know just doing the little add-on after little add-on that i could do around my neighborhood and be like here we go here we go here we go and just feeling like a champ but when it got to the end it was like i can't believe i just like there was no chance I ever thought I'd have to do that many miles a day to to have a chance at this thing. But it was you guys and your lunacy that was pushing me to do just insanity. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're probably going to disagree about this for a very long time. But I think we put on uh, quite a show and more miles than I think at least any of us expected. And I think a lot of other people expected for sure, including... Steve, this is a, a great transition. Our guy, uh, Sam Parsons. I think we kind of shocked the world with him, too. Yeah, yeah, he was a big fan of what we're doing. So on that, why don't we get in our, into our interview, our Bell Lap track and field interview with uh, Sam Parsons. whiskey there what is this yeah man so i i'm fresh out of, of beer i was at my red wine earlier switching it up so just a little jameson you know all right the stomach's still a little fucked up from last week so just the drowning, beer doesn't drowning your sorrows here yes the pain we're, really we're, pain. we were talking about it earlier and it was like all right, you man. know we were all just laser focused in all week and today i just started drinking at 11 a.m I, I put my work aside at 11 a.m. and I'm just like, you know what? This this is what's happening today. There he is. There's the champ. What's up, bud? How's it going? <laughs> going good, man. Just a little, little late night sneak attack last night. <laughs> had to play. You know, I had to resort to mental warfare. These guys, these guys were gonna beat me if I didn't if I didn't res- resort to mental games. You know. Dude, when you guys first announced this whole spiel, I was so fucking jazzed about it. Just because, like, this is what should be happening right now. Like, I feel like too many people are just, uh, like, complaining, like, oh, everything's canceled. This sucks. You know what I mean? Like, figure out a way how to love this sport outside of, like, the conventional ways, man. And that's why I was so stoked when you guys started doing this. I was like, this is what more people have to be doing. More college teams need to be doing stupid shit. High school kids need to be going after the one run, that trail run, that one hill in their neighborhood, whatever, that they never would have ran before, you know? I love it. Dude, dude so, yeah, I uh, I saw you guys did the, whatever, like, time trial or whatever, the two-mile, which was pretty sick. But w- did you guys, like, was there any conversation between you guys and any other teams or anybody at all just being like, let's organize our own, like – social like distance crazy. like track me like let's find a way to race each other and just get like sick like content because everybody in the racing world would be yeah. watching it if we could just we just want some racing that's why something as stupid as a bunch of you know washed up runners running 100 miles was compelling because people are craving any kind of competition at this point gentlemen i've never ran 100 miles like you guys have broken a barrier <laughs> that i've never like you guys you guys are calling yourselves washed up you guys have achieved something that i've never achieved before yet and i like to think of myself as a pretty okay runner i might not ever run again though so 
see your point though. This, this could only have been done during quarantine. Like I was, you know, I was a completely useless person from about Thursday afternoon till Sunday, where it was just like run, nap, run, nap, run, nap. Like now is the time to do stuff like this because this never in my life like i didn't think we'd sniff like 80 or 90 miles but if we were not in quarantine we wouldn't have sniffed like 70 or 80 i had no idea what to expect when you guys first started i was like Neither did I. are these guys gonna put together like 50 like i was like trying to get in your guys ears early to be like 100 or bust like all of you guys can walk away with like a smile on your face knowing that you put like that six figure number down well, when you first said 100 a bus, I was like, yeah, right, 100 miles. I'm not going to happen, Sam. I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> I was, I was but then as the earlier. week went on, as the week went on, I was just like, geez, I'm going to need to do like 110, 120 to have a chance at winning this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think we each just had the thought, like, these other two are complete lunatics, and they keep pushing it. Like, all I could think of was like, how are you doing this many miles, Mike and Steve? And I just had to do it. Uh... Too good, too good. What was the what was the darkest moment? Like, do you guys do all three of you have a moment where you guys were like, "This isn't worth it. This is no longer fun. Like, this is stupid." Um, obviously, <laughs> I know, like Mike, you had an injury, Steve, an alleged injury, but uh... <laughs> Ga- gamesmanship, Sam, gamesmanship. <laughs> Just Belichick, everybody. That's right. Well, so so Trent and I, we were talking about it before. I think Trent and I had the same um, same moment. And it was Friday night. It was like late Friday night. Trent and I both grinded out close to 20 miles. And we thought that we were all going to be somewhere between 75 and 80. And then late um, Friday night, Mike was at 90 miles. And we did everything we possibly could to get to 80. And it was just, it was heartbreaking. Like we, we both said that we came in from our runs and we collapsed. Like we were almost in tears. We were like, what are we doing? How is this possible? And it's because Mike was... You were stockpiling miles, right? Like you were posting runs all at once, right, Mike? Yeah, so I would wait till 8 p.m., you know, pretty much every day and just drop like three runs at a time. But similarly, I had just come off my high of like having that huge day and I was like feeling myself feeling great. And then Trent dropped like a 35-mile day. And that like I was... Was that the all-time day right there? Was that 35? Yeah, 35 was. And I... He... He did his last yeah he did his last miles at like 11 o'clock so i woke up because i was super anxious because i knew he was gonna run that night so i woke up at like three in the morning like restless checked my phone and saw that he had hit 35 on the day and i just like i wanted to start crying i was like there's just no there's just no way i, I this is this is absurd i i can't handle this psychopath over here but I, so, love, I love that you guys were all separated too. So it was like, yeah. not like you guys are all living at the same place or anything like that. Like you guys are all, I assume back home right now. Um, yeah. So yeah. You, like the fact that you guys didn't even do a single mile together and it was purely just like, what are they doing? You know, what are they going to put together this day? And like these mental warfare going on in it just made it like that much better of like a storyline. Yeah, the anticipation was like, it was brutal because you just had no idea what was going on. You could only like worry about what you were doing. So I was wondering if you like take out, so you said like you had never done 100 miles. It's not that you're not like, capable of doing 100 miles. What makes it easy for us is running is not our career, right? Like we don't make a, a living off of our running. So we can go and torture our body and then not run for three months and it doesn't matter. For you, it's like you can't just completely fuck your body 
and just say, screw it, I'm going to go for it. But if you were in a competition like this and you like, you know, you, you didn't have to worry about races, you didn't have to worry about Olympics. It was just like, I need to beat these guys. What would your strategy be going into this competition? Oh man, good question. Um, I mean, it totally would depend on who I'm going up against. Like I loved Trent's strategy of like the same kick method of just being like, Hey, like let these guys burn themselves out. Like there's a lot of daylight later in the week. Um, that's for sure. One, I think I've run a hundred mile week. If you just took it like in seven day stretches, like I might've ran a hundred mile week last week. If you took it like Friday to Tuesday, you know, um, like you just took seven days, but Oh, man, if I was going, let's just hypothetically say I was going up against Tin Man Elite um, for it. Man, I mean, there's no way I would win unless I went just like <laughs> full psycho mode, um, like some of you guys did. But um, man, my strategy would definitely be like doubling is key. Like the the wear of the body, if you just go after like a 20 mile run versus breaking up like 10 10, is such a big difference. Huge. Uh, so for sure kind of like how cam levens did it how it's like you got to wake up early 10 five in the middle of the day as like a shakeout run and then like a hate yourself 10 miles at the end of the day like try to forget about the <laughs> early 15 um would probably be like the ticket and i would try to probably do somewhere around 25 or 30 miles a day to put myself in contention at the end of the week that would be kind of my game strategy right there is keep it just really consistent day after day. Who won, who won Tin Man would be the favorite to win? I mean, definitely Reed, just because he runs the most miles. Like That makes sense. Typically. But the person who would probably win just because of, like, total lack of understanding of his body and just <laughs> uh, just he has, like, the shutoff switch, you know, that you, like, need for, like, ultra running and things like that is Sydney Getabudai. Um, okay he can totally just go dumb and running and he's like very naive in the sport. So he would totally just go out in like the wrong way. Like I think Sydney would go out for like a 40 mile run type of deal, you know, and just be like, wow, like first day just being like, I'm going to do 50 today, you know, like that's, that's some shit that he would pull. So he would, so I think Trent be- has that Trent has the shutoff switch, but he went about it a little bit smarter. Yeah. So he he, play, he slow played it, but I think we all found out that he can just turn his brain off and be like, I just don't feel pain today. How many miles did you guys put in with headphones on or things like that, or just like pure running with nothing? So I think that's a great question because I started with doing podcasts for my runs, right? I was just needed something to drown it out because, you know, you're, I'm trying not to go too fast. I'm very pace oriented, so I'm not pushing myself any harder than I need to. So I was just listening to long podcasts by about Wednesday. I was like in such, you know, pain that that extra stimuli was just driving me crazy. I couldn't like deal with the noises in my head. So from about Wednesday afternoon through Sunday, maybe like Thursday morning through Sunday, no podcast, no music, just me checking my pace every like two miles to make sure I was somewhere between like 750 and 810. Yeah. So damn, you were putting, wow, that's actually impressive. That's much faster than I thought you guys were going. So at first of all, Trent, that is psychopathic that you were doing 120 miles with with, just with your own thoughts, with your own crazy thoughts. That's ridiculous. Second of all, I love the fact that Sam has just kind of taken over this this interview. It's just like, listen, I'm interviewing you guys now. Like I'm asking you (laughs) questions. I'm I'm a big fan of that strategy. So that's huge. 
I, uh, so I was uh, similar to Trent where I usually run with podcasts because running these days for me is just like my escape from the world. Like I'm just getting out there. I don't care about pace, like mm-hmm. throw my favorite podcast in and, and escape. But around the midweek, I, like podcasts weren't doing it for me. So I put together a mic, <laughs> mic, mic runs playlist on Spotify. And yeah, I we just, should drop this. You should guys drop. I probably, should, let's, let's drop Mike's playlist. See, I, I don't know if people like it because it's a combination <laughs> of Taylor Swift, Billy Joel, Kanye West, and uh let's see like uh like zach brown band like it's just the most ridiculous combination of all the music music yeah exactly that's that's what i need when i'm out there well i I crushed audiobooks i listened to five audiobooks this week i was like if i'm gonna be out there i'm gonna i'm gonna learn something yeah and that's exactly it's like why i asked because when this quarantine first hit um i feel like everyone went through this like wave of like wow, this sucks so bad. Like, why am I doing this? Like running sucks. Um, because all of a sudden everything like we train for is like for something, you know what I mean? It's always like, okay, I'm putting in these workouts. Like I'm going to crush this workout so I can crush Peyton Jordan. You know, I'm doing this track session so I can run sub four, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and all of a sudden I got taken away. So there's this whole like redefining of running where uh and i know reed has been crushing the harry potter books um from episode one like sorcerer's stone and he's still going through them um he will like ditch me on runs now so that he can listen to the books i hate it um (laughs) but uh i ended up starting to do the same and like i've always been kind of like the fruity like look if you're going for a run you're one with your body you're mindful with your stride you know like you you're in tune with your body and you want to hear the birds and you want to like enjoy everything and when you have you know like Kanye or someone talking you sweet nothings about this rom-com you're listening to uh like Steve-O like you're gonna like you're gonna zone out and like forget about it um but I started listening to some podcasts and it really got me through those first few weeks of quarantine running of like, it's okay to just get out and run and like get this done, you know, because it's still my job at the end of the day. I saw, I saw some people like start tweeting some other professionals about like how they're not doing anything right now. And, and it was really funny. Like when I was running with Joe Clecker, we were talking about it. We're like, man, this is our job. You know what I mean? Like it's our job to get better at running. And like, as you guys all know, it's, this isn't a sport where, uh, you can like shut down for like a few months and then like pick it back up and think you're going to like get better because that month you took off, you know, like you take a month off and you're in an absolute hole all of a sudden. And it takes way longer than you could ever dream of wanting to like get back to the fitness you once were. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely, I feel like my job right now to like get better at running period. And that's how personally I've been getting through this quarantine stuff. For sure. So let me ask you about like the business side of things, because I know when this whole thing first started, our like kind of stance as a, as you know, whatever we're doing here was like, all right, yeah, this, this whole thing sucks. And everyone's in the same boat where it's like, we're hunkered down the quarantine. It's a serious situation. But with that said, like, not everything can be like this super serious, like, coronavirus type stuff so we're like it, it's gonna be our mission to just like ramp it up times mm-hmm. 10 and like just put as much like content out there that a distracts you from the wildness but also like reminds us that like 
listen, like we can still do stupid competitions and like, like have fun things during this. And it seems like Tin Man has, you know, kind of grasped onto that too, right? Like your guys marketing and you, you know, your time trials and the, the content and the Instagram and the apparel that you guys are pushing out. Like, it seems like you're kind of, I don't want to say taking advantage of, but like Mm -hmm. making the most of the moment. So can you talk about like what the mindset has been with for Tin Man during these times? Yeah, I tell you what, um, it was an absolute blessing for me because I think it's a thing that a lot of people don't understand about um, myself is that um, I love the business side of what I do at Tin Man. I think I alluded, alluded to it last time we spoke just as much as I do like running a PR, you know, like making some new product, you know, um, coming out summer collection, uh, plug, uh, that looks sweet. You really tease, um, getting the first look here. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, same thing that you just said, you know, I just like had all of a sudden I had all this time to rethink restructure and rebuild. And that's the way I looked at it. It wasn't, to me like okay we need to push out content it was more so like what are all the things that i wish we could do and like figure out which i didn't have time to do before so i like redid all the forecasting all new inventory stuff um re-looked at all the products available in the factories um from a product standpoint and then from like a media perspective um we really dove back into um putting out the YouTube videos and stuff like we're going to, we're really doubling down on like, because we had this whole series planned, you know, like this Olympic run where they were going to come to all our races and be there and film all that. And now it's like, okay, how can we like do stuff other than just the same like planks and push-ups that everyone's posting about, you know, and actually like show some entertaining stuff like, like, like not to bash those people, but like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like we all know, we have, we all have a core routine. Like it's great. You're sharing, but there's more to it than that, um, that people need. And, uh, that's kind of what, where we doubled down on was we have this whole new plan and we're really starting now with like tomorrow we're releasing Drew's time trial video on YouTube. And then every single week we're going to be highlighting every single member of the team, like what they do in like the week of a life of, um, Joey Barriatua or Sydney Getabudai or Sam Parsons, you know, so it really like dives into like a lot of these guys work part time, you know, and I think people don't understand that. So a big part of our mission is just like to show people that we're just normal, normal people, you know, like we don't want to be these untouchable pro runners that people are like, oh, should I like go up and talk to him or not, you know, or talk to her because they're running so fast and they look like this and they have these abs, you know what I mean? Like they're these untouchable runners, you know, in like the youth's eyes. So if we can break those walls down and that's been like my whole mission with that, it's really been a blessing, man. Like we're totally restructuring the website, um, been rebuilding the website slowly, but surely we have this really exciting new coaching platform we're going to be releasing in on June 1st, um, where guys on the team are going to be opening up their lives to coach like people that are looking for like a summer training plan or their high school coach is just a bum and, uh, wants some money of those. Yeah, want some guided <laughs> want some guided training from like a professional runner on Tin Man. So that's really exciting. So yeah, that's all the stuff we've been working on. Give you guys a lot of uh, first first dibs there. <laughs> yeah, breaking news here, but no, you're to, to be kind of serious for a second. I was listening to one podcast and they were saying like 
if you've ever, you know, thought of an idea or, or thought you were in a creative person, but you haven't had the opportunity to, you know, work on whatever your hobby is, or your art is, or your craft is, and you're not doing it right now. I mean, it doesn't apply to everybody, right? There's, there's uh-huh. plenty of people who this pandemic is affecting in a different way where their, their life is crazy. But there's also so many of us where you have this time. And just like you were saying, Sam, like you're able to explore different things in the coaching platform and, you know, re- revisiting some of the business side of the inventory. Like now is the time to be creative and to do that stuff. And it's kind of a golden opportunity that we'll, we'll probably never get again. Totally. 100%, man. I like when I look back at it, it's like right now I would be totally diving into just honestly shutting down in terms of like, look, I need to hit these Olympic standards, these times, because making that team is going to set up everything in my life after that. It's like, if I don't make the Olympics, like my lifespan in this sport just plummets, you know, um, as far as sponsorship goes and the implications that go along with having that title, you know, um, it's the same thing. Like if you all of a sudden are in like the top seven in college, you know, all of a sudden you get on like that full ride. You know, it's like the same sort of principle. Like, do I get re-signed by Adidas if I don't make the Olympics? Who knows? You know, like that's a very common thing that happens is like your contract is through the Olympic year. And then after that, the company then assesses like, all right, how was that last three or four years? Like, is it time to, is he going to make another team or is he done? You know, so it was definitely. You guys have done something. You, sorry to interrupt, but you have done something pretty rare where I don't think any other team has done it quite the way you've done it, where you have built a brand within a brand, right? Um, you know, I think a lot of people are striving to do that, but people recognize Tin Man and, you know, the, you guys, you guys have kind of like, you have significant momentum around that where it's more than just the athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of been my whole like dream is that um, I feel like teams have always been very segregated in terms of like, a Bowerman runner would never wear an Oregon project kit or a shirt, right? Never. That would never, ever, ever happen, you know, um, except for Centro. Um, but uh, outside of Centro, who decided to switch teams, um, it's like Brady going to the Bucks, dude. You just don't, it just, you just don't do it, you know? Uh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. Jeez. Who's it? Who's going to be the quarterback next year? Well, that was a good interview, Sam. Nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got, we got some my... of our quarterbacks. We've been drafting a bunch of quarterbacks in Philly right now, so we'll see, man. Maybe, uh, maybe Jalen Hurts will be in. Uh, uh, yeah, in that's right. Quarterback controversy through the year when you guys are two Dude. and six or whatever. Jared Stidham, remember the name. He's going to be the next. The next greatest of all time. He's going to be a seven, yeah, seven-time Super Bowl champion. The greatest yeah. to ever do it. Jared Sidham. That's my, that's my quarterback. There it is. That's my quarterback. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like I was saying, uh, a huge goal of mine, and you kind of saw it, saw kind of like the idea behind it starting to manifest with working with Dominique Scott um, on things, is I really hope that like this Hammer and Axe logo specifically – um, can be a logo that any runner can wear and be a part of, you know, it's not like you have to wear this logo and it's like, you're a part of the elite team, you know? Um, like this is the same thing. Like I hope, and like, this is big talk now. And you know, a lot of people on the outside might be like, Oh, that's preposterous. That's crazy talk, you know? Um, but you know, it's this type of talk that's going to get me one step closer to that is like manifesting that dream. Um, but I want, and obviously we're all watching and hunkered down watching the last dance right now. Um, and it's just a great analogy where 
as Jordan Brand, if you buy Nike basketball, you know, you don't buy Nike basketball um, unless it has that Jordan logo on it, right? You know, like, right. you're, like you're wearing it because you, you connect with that Jumpman logo that you want to feel like you jump out of the gym, you know? If I can create that same ethos and feeling around this hammer and axe, which is a combination of speed and strength together, you're not going to buy an Adidas running product unless it has this on, you know? And that's kind of what I'm trying to build here, you know, is that any Adidas runner, it doesn't matter if you're a part of Tim Elite or not, they want a rep, you know, that have the hammer and axe on something, you know? Uh, so like, that's something that's like a huge aspiration for me. And that's stuff where, yeah, going back to like this whole quarantine thing is like, I've been able to totally sit back down and be like, all right, how do I do this now? You know, I have like my why, but I now I need to go back and creatively think about like, how do I continue to break down these walls and don't become just this one corner? You know, it's like, how do we appeal to every single demographic across every single country, you know, um, to be able to like accomplish that type of dream. So yeah, that's kind of been the whole mindset. I mean to ask you a question. Was there any uh, Chuck Liddell inspiration in the hammer and axe? No, I don't even know the reference. So whenever he used to win a fight, he used to he used to like throw up the the really? which is essentially the Tin Man logo. Now, yeah, you got to check it out. I got I got to go back and find that. Then I mean, it's yeah. definitely it very much was um, the inspiration behind the hammer axe. Very much was this feeling of Colorado. You know, like I feel like the biggest inspiration behind it was from the Colorado State University, um, like the Rams. They also have like kind of part of that Ram logo is they have this hammer and axe, you know, it's like a mining axe. Um, and it was kind of that aura and also combining, you know, it's like, it was all about like, how do we create something that has a universal language? And it's all coming back from professional sports teams. They do it best. You know, um, if you look at, um, I'm trying to think of one, um, I mean, as stupid as like the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, like if I go like this to someone in Philly, you know what I mean? They know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a universal language. You know, I don't need to say anything to that person. It's like, go birds, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's creating that top to bottom. So it's like in making sure that um, I'm telling too much information. All these other professional teams are going to start taking all this. Uh, taking all <laughs> 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 Giving great. away the secrets. If, if, if they do it too, that's just better for their brand and marketing too. But it's like top to bottom, you know? So it's like, how do the fans communicate with one another? They can just do this seamlessly. Um, the same way Chuck Liddell communicated with his fans and with his people being like, this is that, you know, like there was one moment in Switzerland, man, I'll never forget after a race. And there were these like French kids couldn't speak any English, you know, couldn't speak any German to talk to me. And uh, they just like walked by me and they were like, yeah you know and i was like yeah like i i see you you know and then we were friends you know we didn't need to say anything um but yeah um yeah that's it i can't wait to see chuck liddell come out with some some tin man gear on just be like the most <laughs> unlikely you know athlete rep by chuck liddell <laughs> right. Yeah, right. hit him up hit him up <laughs> what an unlikely you know relationship that that tin man and chuck liddell would be yeah absolutely <laughs> Bridges Sports. So, hey, uh, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you, you know, one last question here. Um, can we expect any time trials from you this summer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to – so, like, the reason the two-mile time trial happened was from Coach wanting this, like, data. You know, it was, like, getting, a, getting like, baseline data. 
Um, so a lot of the guys did it. They just didn't take it like seriously. They just kind of like went out and did two mile like as hard as they could. Not like what Drew did, like spike up and like really treat it like something, you know? Um, but I was talking to coach that like, if I do do a time trial, I would really want to do like an 800. Um, like I haven't run, like I've ran 152 in practice um, before, but like I would love to see, and that was like peak, you know, like that was like in the middle of my track season like tuning up for a 1500 or like later that weekend. So if I could like do anything like that again, I'd be pretty stoked on that. I feel like I'd never get the opportunity to run 800s in uh, practice or anything, or sorry, in like races, like it's not worth going to a race and doing an 800 and embarrassing myself. So I would love to just see what I can throw down there. We're going to like, we're making a little road trip uh, here soon. Hopefully once the stuff settles down, it'll be all right to some sea level. So hopefully we'll go rip it and maybe some other guys will go after a mile. We'll see. Hopefully keep the Tim nice. man going. Nice, How are man. you guys feeling right now? Like, like, oh, so guys, terrible. Like the soreness. So terrible. Like, what is it? Like, are you like, are you got like Mike, like is the Achilles totally done it, now? Yeah. So I, I would say like the mental, like I, I'm just like mentally upset. I, uh, I went like a, on a walk. He's today. mad at me. Yeah. Well, I'm mad at Steve. Say, I'm mad at Steve. <laughs> you guys got salt, go on walks. You guys got to keep the muscles moving. Yeah. So I went on a walk with my dog this morning and walking's okay. But like every once in a while, oh shit. Zoom's, Zoom's telling us we got 10 minutes left. But anyways, I went on a walk with my dog and like the walking's okay. So it like gets me excited. And then I jog for like 10 seconds and it's, it's just it's I, I think I think my Achilles might be in some in pretty permanent damage and uh whatever dude I like I I don't <laughs> I don't need to run it's it's fine. are you guys are you guys like I mean I know this is not the question asked right now but are you guys ready to run it back in 2021 like and by the way if you guys do run it back and this is an awful idea just because you guys want to enjoy this weekend you guys need to be present and um there but like Doing this over the week during the Olympic trials, which I assume you guys are going to get tickets for, at least try to get tickets for. Um, that would be awesome if you guys brought that, this back in 2021 and like got people to like join you guys on your runs and stuff. That'd be sick. So if you had asked me, if you had asked me like on Saturday or something when I was in like the peak of it, just like grinding through, I would say, no, I'm never doing this again. But the way that it ended for me, I, I feel like I might want to attempt it again just because i i was this close to feeling like i had the victory like i could taste it and now now i'm gonna be taking the goddamn sats so uh so oh was yeah. that the bet i didn't even know that yeah, that's the bet yeah so that was the genius yeah, of the last so place had to take the oh. sats so 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 the bat so what comes along with that is you have to pay to take the sats you have to spend a saturday an entire saturday in a classroom for oh. like high schoolers and we get the results and we get to make fun of it on the podcast right dude that is so good <laughs> yeah, that is so. so brutal <laughs> oh man man but yeah i mean next year it's double you know we're doubling up like 200 or bust and like Jesus i better see some training going into it trent i mean if so if funny. we're if we're doing it next year i'm training for it yeah steve it's so funny that like you came back on it because i i i remember thinking like this is not just like me saying it now because I knew the result, but I remember thinking like Trent better go out for like another double, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just to like hammer it home. You know what I mean? 
because like if anyone even has the slightest like idea of going late at night you know which happened i was like trent's gotta like so so i i think i just had you know this this like i was kind of looking forward to sunday night but i was also just terrified of sunday night like i was i was scared of what i would do to my body because it was like like i was trying to be smart i was actually thinking i was gonna get in shape this summer so i was slowly (laughs) building up my miles i went from like you know running uh, twice a week at like for 20 minutes i was up to like 10 to 15 miles a week which is no is nothing but i was like slowly being smart about it and so Sunday night terrified me of like the permanent damage that I would do or at least for like a year. So as soon as I got the call that both these guys, you know, had called it, I think I was just so elated that, you know, I yeah. didn't have to like go through the hell of Sunday night that I didn't even, you know, entertain the idea that, <laughs> that one of them could be playing games. Yeah. yeah. And like, Sam, you're catching us. This is going to end up being a marathon episode, which is great because I think a lot of people are excited. Oh, did you guys just shoot the shit for the past hour? No, we did yeah. not shoot the shit. Shoot the we, shit we, is not we, the There's right. a lot of contentious like, uh, like you, arguments. I was, what I was going to say is like you caught us in a good time because we spent the last 45 minutes just like screaming at each other. Like it was not a, a peaceful, <laughs> happy conversation. It's going to be a good episode though. Yeah. So, I mean, you, sh- you should definitely check it out because we aired a lot out, but uh, – I yeah, absolutely I mean, love was... Mike. Also, I love the Mike Rizzatoni uh, recreation. That, that, that was, was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was something that I have such an affinity with you guys on is like all of your guys is like movie humor and like where you guys like derive your jokes from and stuff. I'm just like right on par with all that. So I was just dying watching all that. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Hell of a far away from your heart, baby. Right. Me and my wife, right. we couldn't keep it together. We were, we tried so hard to be serious. We just couldn't keep it together. That was good, man. It was too good. I'm proud of you boys, man. You know, Thanks, you, guys are making, you guys are making running fun again. And, like, that's, that's what it should be all about. And, like, hopefully, like we started this podcast in, like, I hope more people see the stuff that you guys pulled and want to do some fun stuff too, because now's the opportunity to go run up that mountain and pull some stuff. I know Joey went out for this like trail run, trying to get like the fastest known time up this trail. I'm like, <laughs> live in Boulder, you know what I mean? Like there are some of like the best trail runners in the world living here. Um, and I was like, Joey, this is stupid, dude. Like you're going to be running like five thirties on those downhills, like they're trail runners and the, and like, you're not built for those technical trails. And like, of course he sprained his ankle, um, but he's fine luckily, but now's the time to try that stuff. Like I was going to go out and try to just like absolutely obliterate like the mags fastest known time. And then Matt McElroy, a triathlete here, who's a buddy of mine, just averaged like five fifty fives on it. And that's just like some savagery, you know, that's like, five, that's like running like five minute pace at least, you know, for, 15 miles if you were at sea level you know on like you know stupid yeah i still got i still got to give it a run though we'll see it's tough to call that stuff fun but i I think there's like something that kind of bonds us and like the running community of like like what i did this week would i call it fun no but (laughs) in the end is it like something i'm so glad that we all did because it's a wild experience just like some of those crazy challenges and shit like it's it's kind of the beauty of the sport. It brings us together in a weird way. One, one proposition for next year, as, as the halfway bonus king of New York here, I've got to have a halfway bonus on like, yeah. Yeah. Is whoever has something thought about, like halfway bonus, 
the other guys have to like do something as a punishment. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, got to get creative. There was some sort of great idea making that halfway. Love it. Guarantee. Like you could just go for it. And then who cares what happens after that? You got the thousand bucks, baby. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Well, hey, Sam, we don't want to, we don't want to take up your whole night. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, we really appreciate all the support and you know, it sucks what's going on right now with the coronavirus, the sports getting canceled, but we're really going to be pulling for you once one track comes back in, uh, into 2021. Yeah, man. Looking forward to seeing you guys in Boston going after some Olympic, uh, Olympic qualifiers over at BU. All right. We'll Definitely. Yeah, let, brother. Us, let us know when you're in town. We'll, uh, let us know we'll when go you're for doing a few it. celebratory beers after. Let us know you know time yeah. trial too. I think it'd be fun if we put down a little like you know P two E time trial eight hundred. You know the day. Before <laughs> yeah, that's thing. right. Yeah, let us know. We'll do something with you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's you know we won't. I won't do it for another like few weeks. So it gives you guys time. Yeah, to, we're gonna need you know, it. Get the get the mojo back. You guys gotta capitalize on all this fitness off this week. You know. Ho- hopefully, I can run by then, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Maybe I can watch. Oh uh, shit, man. All right, boys. All the best. Hey, dude. Thank you. Appreciate it. Brother. All right, that interview with Sam Parsons brought to you by Bell Lap Track Gear, where your purchases go directly back to professional athletes. Support the sport you love with the help of the Bell Lap Boys. Look good, feel good run good i mean i i just i love that motto they got it right there we talk about it all the time if you look good and you feel good you will run good and when you're you know yeah. you know when you're getting to the instagram page over at bell lap track and field you're gonna get sick here it's gonna go back to helping athletes and it's gonna grow this sport it's the kind of stuff we need and that's that's why we talk about them every single week that's why we're you know we keep telling you guys to get there and and buy stuff from them all right. So, guys, we, we've had a few moments where we've kind of been in shock at, at how cool this has gotten for us. Right. We had the moment where we were down for the trials and, and we met some of the listeners and had that big party and it was great. But this week was truly eye opening to see how many people joined and followed along and participated in the mileage challenge was awesome. I mean, there's like we know how freaking hard this week was. There was like ton lots of other people that were pushing their bodies to like the same you know limits that we were and just like following along and being part of the p2e community so shout out to everybody um that joined along or just followed along either or that that's what made this week it wasn't like just us in our little bubble it was it was all like the whole community and i think that's like really what made the week so special yeah i mean I this mean, is so go ahead mike Sorry. yeah i mean we it's one thing like to push your body like we did in this competitive environment, like where we're all like talking crap and going against each other. It's another thing to like join a Strava club with a bunch of people you don't know and push your body to 110, 20 miles to compete against these people you don't, you don't know. Right. I mean, like there's nothing at stake besides a peak to early t-shirt, which I'm not saying that's not an awesome prize, but still, that's crazy. And I think our group, including us, had eight people over 100 miles this week. And then a whole other tier of like people in the like 80s, 90s. Like That's incredible. That's so many miles from, you know, I mean, we had a couple pros in there. 
But for the most part, it was just a bunch of regular guys and gals running like 80, 90, 100 plus mile weeks. I mean, we had people right up there with us. I think the top two people in the group were not us, and they were up in like the 120 highs. So, I, I mean, wild, a very wild experiment we just threw down. And, and and we joked about it at the start of this competition, but we really crapped on Strava a lot at the beginning of this podcast because, like, we didn't like the the whole idea of, like, running just to kind of post and, and running for, like, a, you know, a, a mileage goal instead of running to, to race. Like, we didn't like that, right? But we're in some weird times right now, and I truly, like, throughout this week, like, we've all talked about it. This was This was one of the hardest things I've ever done, and I think we all feel the same way. I felt a like a real sense of camaraderie with these people virtually, right? People that I had never met before, right? Where it's just like I'm out there busting my ass trying to get grind out miles in the morning at night and I come back and I see all these other people do it. It was a really cool feeling. It was it was absolutely motivating for all of us. I would not have run that many I mean, you guys are motivating, but the extra push of where all the, the P2E, you know, running club was at. Um, and then the people comment things saying they had bet on you or whatever, or they were, you know, root for somebody else was just like adding to the motivation. But I think you said it uh, just really well said, Steve, about Strava. Definitely hate Strava for a lot of reasons. Loved it for the community that it created this week. My my favorite part of this whole thing was we, we mentioned it earlier, but for a while, right, there was people competing and it was like Hannah, uh, Eric and Chris were the people outside of us that were kind of, and there's a couple other people mixed in there, but these were the most vocal people. And Chris and Eric for a while, like days like three, four, and five, were chirping at each other, like talking so much shit. Like (laughs) Chris was like sending us screenshots, like I'm going after this guy. Like, I don't know if I trust this guy. It was crazy. Like how, and like one of them was in Oregon. The other one was in Australia. Like the other one was in, like they were all over the world, just like talking smack to each other, like getting super heated into this competition. And then they were getting in on the Instagram. They were posting at each other on the Instagram. I mean, it was thrilling. I mean, outside of like our competition, I was invested in these random people's like competition against each other. I mean, if you can't, if you can't, if we can't have races in real life, then I guess this is this is going this is going to suffice until we can kind of get together and, and race in in real life. So shout out to all the top ten, and then we wanted to get a special, you know, a little a little winning prize here to our our women's and our men's champions. So um, let's uh, let's have Hannah Kruger on and get some thoughts from her. Well, thanks for coming on, Hannah. Uh, we wanted to, as a special victory prize to to our men's and women's champs, have them on and, and talk about the experience a little bit. So, uh, break down the week. When did you decide you're gonna take this seriously? Um, I think I more like set a goal for myself as opposed to like trying to compete with other people. But I was like, I don't know. I've never done 100 miles in a week, so why not go for it? Um, I knew I had a really busy week, so I tried to like kind of just do. The same amount of miles every day. <laughs> what What was the most amount of miles you had done prior to this week? Um, in my life, I had I think I hit like 98 one week. And okay. I, I wasn't like driven enough clearly to make it. <laughs> so wait, what's your running background? Did Did you like Did you run on a team or? No. Um, in high school, I did track, but I refused to run. Um, I jumped. 
and then didn't start running until college, but not like competitively, just to have something to do. So, so you guys hear that? So we have a, a like a long jumper on, or, or triple jump, or high jump. Triple and high, yeah. We have a triple and high jumper <laughs> that just ran, you know, <laughs> way more miles than most <laughs> of you guys out there. Now, Hannah, uh, you know, we noticed that you had topped the 100 mark, I think, during the day Sunday. And then you went out for maybe a couple more miles Sunday night. Um, what was the motivation there? Um, well, <laughs> I think it was Mike and somebody else were at like 104.1. And then the next closest, me. I think, was Steve. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm not getting 114 or whatever. So I was like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm going to do like four more. Or, so it was like 4.1. And then I was just toast after that. Did did you have any desire to try and go after Trent and take him down too? Absolutely not. No. Um, <laughs> after I like saw the picture from his 35 mile day, I was like, yeah, um, it's just not happening. <laughs> did did you log your uh, miles in your you know Tyvek suit there when you're running up and down the hospital uh, floors? I did not. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it even would have would have counted. Um, I was like, ah, oh, there's no chance I'm meeting the 8:30 qualification running up and down a hallway so that, just, that didn't count how you had probably the best post during this entire competition where it was i think it was am i willing to die for a free t-shirt maybe yeah <laughs> i it was it was definitely the driving factor behind most of the most of the running and i actually was thinking about having writing one that was like oh is there like a, a women's division um but i'm glad i didn't because i think i maybe would have stopped earlier so this was aggravation. I think you also had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a bathtub. I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> the, the meal of a champion right there. Yeah, I ate through so much of the food that we had in the house last week. I swear I've like never eaten that much in my life. That was the biggest thing for me is I was eating everything. My wife was pissed at me. She's like, I can't keep any food in the house. Why are you eating so much? I was like, I'm doing 25 miles a day. What do you want from me? Yeah, I was hungry constantly, and I think that was, like, the biggest, like, factor um, or change from, from the previous weeks or whatever. I was like, I just cannot stop eating. Um, but, yeah, it's good. Do, do you think that your sister was rooting harder for you or for Trent? Oh, gosh. That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think maybe for Trent just because she wanted him to beat you guys. Um, that's fair. Yeah. That's, that's why I date her. <laughs> that push right you, there. Yeah. Do you think Do you think that she's upset that you're on the podcast before she is? Um, I don't know. She had her. She's had a couple little uh, little moments on there. That's true. That's true. Her flute playing. I think yeah, that was <laughs> musical. <laughs> well, congratulations, Hannah. You are the the women's champion. Was a, a hell of a week for for all of us, and I think. As we were saying earlier, the people that, you know, joined the Strava Club and were part of the community really, really made it something special. So thanks for participating. And uh, yeah, you're a champ. I hope you didn't run today. Yeah, I definitely did not. Thank you guys so much for having me. I think it's going to be maybe a little bit before I run again. So. <laughs> me too. All right. Now we're going to have on the men's winner, Chris McIsaac from just outside of Portland, Oregon. He put up a whopping. 126.9 miles. Let's talk to him. Chris, hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? You're on with uh, Steve, Mike, and Trent. Awesome. How are you guys doing? How are you feeling? Uh, Terrible. 
Been better. Been better. How are you, how are you feeling? I'm not not too bad. A little my hamstring hanging on barely, but feeling pretty good. Dude, so, so we, we, are, we like we kind of like talked about it, but one of my favorite parts of this week was kind of like the shit talk and the interaction between you and some of the other runners in the group, like trying to trying to get the win. When did that like when did that start for you guys? And, you know, what, what was that like? Just like these random people you've never met, just like kind of get into this competition. Well, the the first one, uh, I don't, she didn't really say anything, but Hannah just was crushing it out there. And I was like, geez, Hannah, come on. You're <laughs> running more miles faster than all of us. Um, and then uh, that the air kid who ends up like he lives like five miles away from me, which is hilarious. Um, he posted something on one of his runs and my buddy saw it and he's like, do you see this? I was like, are you serious right now? Um, and so then, yeah, we started a little, little trash talking, had to put him in place. And (laughs) so wait, he called you, he called you out one of his posts. I must've missed this. Yeah. Yeah. One of his posts, he called me a grandpa or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually thought you and him knew each other because of how much shit talking was going back and forth. This is news to me that you guys did not know each other, but it's amazing you only lived five miles apart. Yeah. So yeah, I coach at a one of the high schools in the area. He's one of the high school runners, so I I don't know if he <laughs> figured out who I was, but I I knew who he was pretty quickly. So So you you kind of made a comment in our in our DMs, but you know, you made you mentioned you know, how uh, thrilled your wife is to have the competition done. And, you know, I think all of our, you know, girlfriends and wives respectively are, are in the same boat. But, you know, is that is it kind of like uh, things have gone back to normal now? And you finally, what, what, what was this week like for her? Uh, it's kind of funny. So the, the first, first couple days, uh, or probably on Sunday going into the week, I was like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get after it this week a little bit. I'm going to run a few miles. And uh, I got this competition. And she's like, okay, whatever. And then after, like, the first, you know, 18, 19-mile day, she's like, uh, okay, this isn't very smart. And then um, after, I think, the second one, and then I, what was it, on Tuesday on Cinco de Mayo, I, uh, you know, was up late drinking. And uh, then I woke up at 7 and went for, like, a 12- or 13-mile run on Wednesday then I think it clicked and she's like okay he's gonna go and try to win this now and I just <laughs> give in and I'll let, let it happen um but no she's super supportive um she she was you know encouraging me she got a few miles in with me throughout the week and it was good to have her but now she's like all right you can come run with me for a few days and get your legs back under you so what was the the lowest low of the week I mean you you what was it 126.9 i mean you slugged some miles so what what was the lowest low um of week um the so the first one was on wednesday my buddies and i were going golfing that was before this challenge we uh were going golfing and so i ran i think 13 in the morning and then went and golfed and walked the course because you can't riding golf carts right now yeah and then i had to go back and run another five or six miles so that was that was a little tough but then um we my buddies and i also did created a 24-hour relay challenge and the first in each of our 
friends get to like choose your route for you. And one of my buddies chose this route and I was running at 1 PM and it was like an 80 degree day. And he had me run up, uh, it's called bull mountain. It's like a 700 foot climb. And he had me do it twice in one run at in 80 degree weather. And that pretty much like put me over for probably 24 hours. Like I was just like thrashed for, for that. So I think that was like the, the ultimate low body shut down. I was like, Oh my gosh. But somehow slogged through a few more miles that, that evening. Is, is this the most amount of miles you've ever done in a week? Yeah, for sure. I ran a hundred the first week of quarantine and I was like big milestone. I was like, heck yeah, this is awesome. And then now I'm, you know, 127 or whatever. So how's the body feel right now? Not too bad. Um, went for a little little shakeout today. I uh, crazy uh, trying to run a uh, minimum of six miles a day in May. So no, thank you. I'm, uh, <laughs> my uh, one of my good friends. She she bet me. Uh, or she's someone that's gone on. She's a, a streaker, so she's run ten day, ten years straight or something like that which is awesome. Um, but she's always trying to get me to start a streak and like, I'm not going to start a streak. And then she's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. You run six miles every day in May. And I was like, all right, I'm in. So not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I saw, I saw you enjoyed yourself a nice, uh, Miller light after your last run to claim victory. How, how sweet was the, you know, the golden crisp Pilsner at the end of it all? Pilsner beer. Oh, it was great. You know, I'm, I'm used to, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a Coors Light kind of guy, but I went and bought some Miller Light. I haven't had it since college probably, and it tasted good. The taste of victory, the taste of deliciousness. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> well, hey. Thank you so much for joining in. Um, you know, we were talking, We this is going to be a long episode, um, but we were talking <laughs> at the top of the show and, you know, part of what made this so awesome was just the people that kind of joined in and there was just like a real sense of camaraderie out there with people that we had never met before. And it really kind of made it a fun week for us. So thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for putting it on. I, I really enjoy uh, listening to you guys' podcasts. I'm about halfway through, I think, all of your your podcast. I get to listen to them on the run. So I enjoy what you guys are trying to do for the sport and make it exciting for, for people to view it and participate. So I think things like this gets people pumped. Thanks for listening. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> All right. This has been, this has been one hell of an episode. It's been a marathon episode, but it's been a great one. So why don't we get into Bella? Mike, what do you got for people on the Bella? I, I just feel like there's a million things I could talk about on the bell right now. We've been talking for, I mean, the episode has been, you know, whatever, an hour and a half or whatever, but we've literally been on Skype for about, feels like six hours. I feel like we've been on Skype for just as long as, you know, we've been running miles this past week. It's been ridiculous. It's been a marathon. But what I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to keep it neutral. We've had a lot of anim animosity on this episode, so I'm not going to come at Steve like I thought I might on this bell app. What I'm going to say is we've been putting out, you know, <laughs> crazy content. This past week was insane, but we're far from done. We still have so many things planned. We have, I don't want to, like, tease or give away anything, but we have, like, three 
huge ideas still coming at you right now that are in the works. So stay tuned. Like things are just getting warmed up. Believe it or not, like we just crushed our bodies, went to to war, put in 114, 126 miles this week, and we're just getting started. Like there's so much more content coming. So stay tuned and and stick with it with us through this journey because it's just we're we're getting heated up. It's gonna be awesome. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? So I, I first want to just shout out again. We've done it a few times on this, but really everybody that got involved with this week, you know, this was incredible. And and kind of like Mike, there was so many directions I could go with this Bell app, and I, and I thought about it for a bit, and I really didn't know what to do. So um, I'm going to choose something totally out of left field because I don't want this to get forgotten about. About midweek, it was at C Groove posted a TikTok video of her doing that cup thing where like the cups make the noise and she's stacking the cups and then she sang Josie to go with it. She sang your love. And it was, it was incredible. Like as good as my voice was when I sang hers might've been even better, but to do that with the rhythm of the cup song or whatever, it was, I think it was totally forgotten about because, or not forgotten about, but just wasn't brought the attention it deserved because of the week that was going on. But I just want to I want to shout out everybody. Go find her on TikTok at C Groove. This was this was quite the performance. So shout out to her. Great. Awesome. Uh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, we got to post this up. But you're right. It got buried in all the craziness this week. Um, I guess for my bell app, I just want to say I'm very happy that this uh, this podcast is ending less contentious than when it started. I feel like Rocky at the end of Rocky Fords. I've seen a lot of changes in you people. And how you feel about me right now. <laughs> so I think we've, we've talked it out. We've tugged it out. We've had a few Miller Lights together. You know, I'm glad that I'm glad that you guys aren't as angry at me as when we started. Um, so other than that, Mike, I would have run faster. But I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Just everybody say thank you to Aaron for putting up with our bullshit this week. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Aaron, for putting up Love with our you. bullshit this week. Thank Hi. you. Welcome. <laughs> You're an all-star wife and sister-in-law, yes. and I don't know what your relationship is to Trent, but She's whatever She's a co-host, that. his wife. And friend. <laughs> and friend. Co-host. Friend. friend. Huh? We'll say friend. All right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very it's cute. not happening. <laughs> You're very cute, Joe. That's that. You go for it. So do that. <laughs> no, there's got to be a video <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I, I, will, I will find a disc scratch. Don't worry about making the disc scratch. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> something like that. That was pretty yes, good. Just like that. That was pretty I, good. I love the idea of getting into it for the true fans, but I also feel like there needs to be some sort of like right, intro it right to it. Go for it. So, so can someone give me a disc scratch? I'm gonna put in a fucking disc scratch. <laughs> fucking do it.
and I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love is spilling, waiting.